Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Only One Ravens Podcast. I'm here, your host, King Pope. My co-host, JB, had a couple things to take care of tonight, but he's going to be back with me Friday, and we can dive into some more stuff on Friday as we move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is the post-game show of this week, guys, from the Cleveland Browns. You know, we can get into how we felt will happen, you know, with the game on Sunday. So, of course, last episode we talked about how we felt and what we thought was going to go on. Um, It came out late Sunday that Deshaun Watson was not going to play on Sunday. So that news came, like, a little bit before the game. So, initially... We were thinking the whole time that we was going to be playing against Sean Watson. But I thought still, I thought he would play. I just thought he would play with the sore shoulder. But um, as I read more information that came out um, here from the Browns, it sounded like the head coach said that Sean Watson was clear to play. It was his decision. And he said that he knew his body better than anybody else. So, basically, it was a Sean Watson decision to sit out on Sunday. But from what the head coaches say, he was clear. So, Sean Watson made that choice that he didn't want to play. So, hey, the man felt like he wasn't healthy enough to play. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, I know it's pretty tough for the Cleveland Browns, you know, to play with DTR. Uh, instead of having Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm pretty sure the game would have turned out pretty differently if they had Deshaun Watson. I still think the Ravens would be able to pull the game out. Um, man, and I talked last week with you guys, and I explained to you guys last week, the Cleveland Browns defense is very, very good. I said they were cocky, and I said that they had a right to be cocky because they were backing it up. And I'm going to tell you, man, the first quarter, they came out like the way I thought they was going to come out. Guns are blazing, tough defense, got after Lamar, you know, and they was they were they were coming. Great defense. 
But they didn't just play like that in the first quarter. They played that like that for the most of the game. Um, the biggest problem for Cleveland was their defense was on the field a lot. And we were able to take advantage of those things and also take advantage of the mistakes that the young rookie quarterback made as far as when his first mistake was the interception. He threw the interception, Brandon Stevens, it was a tip, Brandon Stevens picks it off, and then Brandon Stevens runs it back till about, I guess, a 30-yard line somewhere or 20-yard line somewhere or so, and Lamar was able to take that in for a touchdown. So that was the first mistake that the young rookie made, and we were able to capitalize on those mistakes, which turned out to be good for us because once we got up 7 nothing, then the pressure started to build. You know, rookie came back the next series and he took his team down the field and they kicked three, you know, they kicked the field goal and put up three points. I think the Ravens have still found some type of, uh, say, some type of way to move the football on Cleveland at that point. Um, it still was a dull fight because Cleveland defense wasn't letting up, but after a while, the Ravens were able to start moving the football. Now, one thing I noticed in this game is that Todd Bunkin earlier was trying to run Gus Edwards east and west. And I knew from just looking at I looking at Cleveland on tape and watching some of their games, I knew that we can't run east and west from and, and and that was one of my keys because we talked about this. You can't run east and west on this team because they're too fast going left to right or east or west, however you want to say it. They're a very fast football team. They're fast on the D-line. They're fast extremely in the linebacker core. The way that you run the football on this team is you have to run north-south. The, the minute that Tom Munkin' brain woke up to start running north-south is the minute that we were able to move the football in the run game. Because then you could get Gus Edwards going north-south and start running down their throat. And I said that you had to run down this team's throat in order to run the football. The Ravens ran good when they ran down their throat because they were able to move the football better because that allows them to control the up front. When you start to run east and west, you don't run, you don't have control because those linebackers are faster than your backs and you're, and it's faster than Gus Edwards. Now, maybe with Justice Hill, It'll allow you to put some more speed on the ends, but I still would rather run north-south because I know that Cleveland is weaker through the middle. And as they ran the football through the middle, it was good because Gus was getting four to five yards a pop, and it was way better. Lamar Jackson scored his touchdown running through the middle. He didn't run east and west when he scored that first touchdown. That's why I said in my keys, I felt like that the way the Ravens had to play it is you had to run through the middle of the defense. Because looking at Cleveland from the tape, they just looked weaker when you ran the ball through the middle. Which my point was proven right when the Ravens ran downhill. As the game went on, they ran a little bit more east-west with Justice Hill. Justice Hill popped a couple of them. But I think at that point, the defense was already wearing down. But initially, you had to run north-south to get it going. So I think Todd started to call a better game then when he started to run the, run the ball 
north-south, which was the smarter decision. Um, I feel like when you play a team like that, that has their rookie quarterback that they just started and they threw him in, I feel like those type of games, you got to put your foot on a team's neck. So for a period of time, I think the, the like, again, going back to Indianapolis game, I felt like the Ravens were playing with their food a little bit. I feel like you have to, you have to push your, you have to squash these type teams. I feel like the Ravens left at least 21 more points out on, on the field. And it sounds as though that Lamar understood that too because he voiced his frustration because he felt like they left stuff on that field. And, 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 and he knows that. I feel like too, at times, John Harbaugh, you hold your team back. You hold your quarterback back. Like, you're supposed to make statements with games like these. Now, get me wrong. I'm not upset about the win because I appreciate the fact that they won and they took care of business. It's just that sometimes you got to take care of business in different ways. And what I mean by that is this. When a San Francisco – well, I ain't going to pull a San Francisco. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, they knew that they had to dismantle the New England Patriots. And they took every which and angle to do it. The way they beat the Patriots yesterday, they beat them in submission to the point where though Bill said, you know, hey, I had enough. Take my quarterback out. He looked, he stinks. He's not looking good today. And this, we're just not going to get in the way with this. And they had a long day. Mac Jones throwing interceptions, pick six. The defense was all over the place, making plays, offense, deck, and they were moving the ball tight end catching the ball all over and they were moving the ball up and down the field, running the ball, doing whatever they wanted to do. Now, in the beginning, we struggled because we had to figure things out. I get it. But then when we, once we started getting things rolling, man, like, I just feel like you have to continue to put pressure on and put the points on and take teams and just put them away. I mean, it was 21-3 for most of the game. That last touchdown was late to make it 28 to three, but I felt like it was 21 more points out there where they could have just, they could have put up more points. I feel like John Harbaugh is holding his quarterback back. Don't want him to put up the certain amount of yards, points, whatever it may be. I don't know what it's about. I don't know why John Harbaugh gets in the way of that. I don't know the stupid decisions that they make and why do they do the things that they do? Because I just feel like, Lamar Jackson, and I said this, I said Lamar Jackson has to put his cape on. When Lamar Jackson put his cape on, look what happens. You get get wins like this. But Harbaugh, get out of the way. Let Lamar Jackson be Superman like he is. Let him do what he does best. Call, let, I mean, I don't know if you're putting handcuffs on Todd or you're trying to put it on Lamar. And, And it's to the point, too, like, certain situations, I'm starting to feel like, What's it like, like to the point now? Like, okay, Lamar, um, I don't like this play call neither. You don't like this play call neither. Let's just switch it up. Like, it's to the point now. Make the call and switch it up, Lamar. What they gonna do? Bench you? You know what I mean? Like, do we gotta get to the extreme where though I gotta do this for you to understand that? Let me just, let me just roll with this and like, 
it's obvious that Lamar has command and control of this offense. The kid know what he's doing. Like, it's almost to the point like, okay, I'm just going to audible and roll with this and do what I do, and I'm going to run this play. And are you going to stop me? Who's going to stop me? Because uh, if you bitch me, who you putting in, Tyler Huntley? Go ahead, put in Tyler Huntley. See if Tyler Huntley can put the cape on like me. Like, and I understand Lamar's a good kid. He don't want to do those, those type of things, and he wants to stay within the system and, you know, maintain and deal with his coaches. But sometimes his coaches are getting in the way, especially his head coach. And I just think that they hold this kid back too much. I don't like the fact that I see that. I feel like Harbaugh just, he does this justice to this guy. And I think that some changes need to be happening with that. We wouldn't have games like the Colts game where we're struggling to do certain things because of the head coach not intervening or getting in the way of slowing this cat down. Even still with the Cleveland Browns game. And I said that. I said the Cleveland Browns has a great defense, but we had them where we wanted them at when we were up 21-3. We should have still kept scoring. We should have made it to still score. Instead, the offense became conservative. We ran conservative plays. I'm the head coach. I'm talking to Todd Monk on the phone. Hey, Todd Monk, driving through the ground. We're not being conservative out here. We're going to keep running it up. Put the points on the board. When Miami was playing against Denver, what they do? They put the points on the board. They dropped 70 on them. You knew who they were. They dropped 70. When Miami went to Buffalo this week, what did Buffalo do? They put the points on the board. They dropped 40 on them. That was for a 50 on them. They didn't get conservative. They kept scoring on them. You have to you have to state your claim. You have to make a statement on these teams. Like, drive them through the ground. I ain't done with you yet. I'm going to keep putting my points up. So, the game, the game plan is, is how I expect, is how I talked about it, guys. It worked out in certain ways of what my keys were as to run the football down their throat, which they did well. Lamar Jackson had to put the cape on, which he did. The defense had to get turnovers, which they did, and I asked for. We got, what, two picks? Yes. I was a little disappointed in certain things, like, I thought that Marcus Williams was going to play on Sunday. I thought this was a game that he came back. He had practiced all week. I thought he was going to come back. Needless to say that we didn't need him, but, I mean, he it was almost like he faked me out, you know. So I thought he was going to play, but he didn't. Um, disheartened to see that Marlon did show up. Uh, he's still out. Uh, also, well, we took a lot of injuries. We, uh, Morgan Moses got hurt that game. Uh, Daryl Woolley got hurt that game, and Jalen Armand Davis got hurt that game. Um, I think Jalen Armand Davis had a hamstring injury. Uh, Daryl Woolley and Morgan Moses had shoulder injuries. Um, so I had a chance to listen to the press conference today, to listen to what Harbaugh was talking about. Um, I think one of the key things in his press conference, he was talking about David Ojabo has to make a decision. Whenever he comes out and says a player has to make a decision, that sounds like a player is going through a season injury. So either they're going to play through it or they're going to end their season. So if you guys remember last year, they said the same thing about uh, Michael Pierce. 
uh, telling, saying that he had to make a decision. And eventually, a couple, I think a week or two later, Michael Pierce goes on IRR and he's out for the season. So it sounds like we're going to lose David Ojabo for the season. Um, I remember him saying the same thing about Marcus Williams, too, because it was his peck. But it sounds like Marcus Williams is probably going to play through that situation through the season and try to, you know, make it through the season. So I don't know how the severity of David Ojabo's injury, but it sounds like it is season ending for him. And I guess we'll have to just stay tuned and see how things work out. As far as Morgan Moses and Daryl Woolley, he said that they don't have long-term injuries as of right now, but some of those, they're still getting MRIs. And I guess we'll know more by Wednesday from what John Harbaugh is saying, but he's saying that it's not long-term. So I guess we really won't find out until as the week goes on. Uh, furthermore, information about Morgan Moses and about Daryl Woolley. Um, Dave Mountain Davis. <sighs> oh, man. Let me tell you something. Dave Mountain Davis been hurt since he walked through the door. The dude came to the bottom where he was injured, and he been injured since he got here. Um, it's looking like a bad pick that we picked in the draft because this kid can never be healthy to play to be on the field, to stay on the field. It's always an injury to this kid. And I don't understand what the problem is. I mean, you know, some cats you get their injury prone. I just think that he fits that title of being injury prone. And you drafted him last year, and you was had faith in him that he would come out this year, and he would be a part of your defense and be able to contribute. I just don't think he's going to ever be a player that's going to be able to contribute to this team. I just think he's always going to be injured. And I don't think he's ever going to be able to be a part of this team to be able to play ball. I just think that that was just a pick that you lost because he has not been healthy, not one day at all. So I just don't think we're going to see him, see him guys. I just don't, I, I, I don't, I don't see it. As um, far as other news and injuries, um, Tyus Bowser and and Keaton Milton could return to practice this week. So that's awesome news because we were thin in the pass rush area. So, you know, if we able to get Tyus Bowser back, man, that'd be great. That's a great boost to the defense that allows us to get more pass rush on that defense. So say if we all use an O'Dable Drabo, well, maybe we can get a Tyus Bowser back to bring back to this defense to have more guys out there in pass rush. Uh, because, we, of course, we had Kyle Van Noy out this week. And, uh, and Kyle Van Noy looked pretty good out there, guys. I mean, he played well. He applied pressure. He had a big play when he knocked the, no, knocked the ball down on third down. Um, when uh, DTL was trying to make a pass, and he knocked the ball down. So Kyle Van Noy didn't look too bad. Uh, I appreciated the way he played on Sunday, coming in the fact that he just signed this week. So he was a nice little piece. He was pleasant surprised to see. Uh, he came in and did a great job. But if Taz Bowser was able to get back into the thick of things, into the flow of things, that's another body that we have there that we're able to have for pass rush because, again, we know we're thin in that area. So that would be, that's a positive 
to hopefully Thomas Bowser can start practicing this week and maybe he's trending in the right direction to be able to get back out on the field. So I'll be happy to see that if those things work out well. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, uh, the, the undrafted rookie that we uh, have signed, uh, like I said, running back, uh, I was very impressed with him during the preseason. So uh, I know he got hurt, but he was looking good during the preseason. So to get him back, uh, that was, that's another positive. Because I'm going to be honest, guys, I'm just not liking Devin DuVernay's energy when it comes to kickoff return, punt return. I just think that he's like real lethargic. Like he's just not he's not doing his job. Like he's just not there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, of course, offensively, he, he's not there because to me, he's not a great, a great route runner. So he's not going to be a great receiver to me. You know what I mean? So he's, he's definitely not good in that department. So you would think that as a kick returner, punt returner, your special teams, this is where you shine the most and you would make your, your most of your opportunities. And he doesn't do that for me. So maybe Keith Mitchell could, could step into that role and be more explosive and try to make better plays back there. And then also help in the running back department because we got thin in that department too really quick when we played the Colts. As you guys remember, we had some injuries. So he's be, that would be a positive to see him come back, which I'm glad to see that, you know, he will be out there. So that's more, I mean, so we're definitely getting somebody's back and we're definitely starting to get healthy. Um, and, and we're going to need those as we go along in the season. Because, you know, the more healthy we are, the better we're going to be all, you know, we're going to be all guys. So also, I want to break down the defense. I felt like the defense on Sunday was top tier. And I said in the last podcast, like I was trying to explain to JB, I really had no worries with the defense. I thought the defense was going to play well. Even if Deshaun Watson was playing quarterback on Sunday, I still felt like the defense was going to play well. I felt like they had to get pressure, which they did. Even though, yeah, it was their young rookie and the rookie was struggling and all that stuff. I get that. It's cool, but the, I'm not taking away from what the defense did in that game. The defense got pressure on the quarterback. They got sacks. Patrick Queen, got, he got sacks. They created turnovers. They made the day long for the young rookie. And the rookie made some plays, too. At times, they made plays on the game, but the Ravens' defense maintained what they were supposed to do and took control. The Ravens' defense has been looking good for the last two, to the last three weeks. Like, <clears throat> let's just be honest. Let's give those guys their flowers. They have been coming to the game to ball out, and they have. Roquan Smith said what he said in the press conference, and he backed it up. He said he was dogs, and they wanted to come in there, and they wanted to embarrass these guys in front of their wives and kids. Well, the defense been doing that. They've been holding up. And I got to give major credit to the secondary. The secondary has been playing very well with what they have been working with and what the players that they have that's out. That is a very, very positive thing to see. Very positive. That means that you don't necessarily have to run certain players back that's out and that's injured. Like, that just saves your players to be able to have more time to get healthy. I don't understand. I don't know if you guys understand how key that is. Not able to have, not having Marcus Williams allow him to give him another week to rest and still get out there and ball out on defense and get a W is huge. 
We have not had Marlon Humphrey for four weeks, and we are three and one. That is huge. That is huge boost for the defense. So imagine when you get the key players back on your defense, and your defense is already rolling and balling. That just that just makes it even better for your defense. So I'm very proud of this defense. I'm very proud of the way they've been balling. They've been playing. They've been playing great, sound, technique football. Fast getting to the quarterback. They've just been playing well, and it's been great to see. Um, they've been giving offense plenty of opportunities to win the game. They give them plenty of opportunities. They get the ball to put up points, and they've been doing their part. And I appreciate what the defenses bring to the game. I just, on the flip side, the offense got to get it together. That's the side of the ball that needs to be more sound and more better. Because when it's before the season started, we all was thinking, oh, this offense is going to put up mad points and they're going to be high-flying, rolling, and things going to be great. We had more questions about the defense, but now, today, it's the opposite. The defense is rolling and the offense has key moments where they struggle and they can't put up points. So those are things that we need to fine-tune and get right because the defense is still rolling, but I need my offense to turn up another notch get back on page with each other and get things rolling. So hopefully this week we'll be able to get Odell back and back. I don't, I could care less if we're going to get Bateman back at this one because I just don't, I'm not, I'm not having the cat. I don't think the cat's just, I just, I don't know. Like I said last week, I don't think the cat loves football and he's not a great football. He's just not all about football. I don't see. It. I really don't. When I see Zay Files out there, like the plays that he made on Sunday, that cat is a baller. That cat wants to play the game. That cat enjoys playing the game. He is a football player. You seen that big catch he had? Come on, man. Zay Flowers are making plays out there for this team. He's moving the ball. He got things going. It was nice to see Mark get back on the floor, put up two touchdowns. I, I think I seen the old Mark back. Maybe Mark's a little healthier now, which is good to see. I, I'm just excited about those type of things. Great job, Mark. You played well on Sunday. That's the Mark Andrews that I'm used to seeing. Those type of things. So if we get that type of Mark back, we get that type of Zay going, we get Odell Beckham going in that offense. Now we cooking with something. Now the offense is looking good. So man, hopefully Odell Beckham will come back come back this week because Ravens fans, it's still a week. You know how I get when it's still a league. I got a I got a coworker that's a Steelers fan. He already know when it's still a week. We don't talk. We buddies before this week. Yeah, we we been buddies for the last three, four weeks. But now this week, we don't talk. It's still a week. You know how I mess with you still a face. It's still a week. It's blood week. This is how we roll this week. You know I don't like Steelers. This is how we roll. So, when Steelers week come, it's cutthroat week. It's going to be a Drag out, cut, nasty, get down and dirty type of game. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. But let me finish up with these brownies because these brownies was talking good trash, thinking that they was going to do what they was going to do. And then a lot of excuses, of course, that they had to Sean Watson. And I hear that. I understand you didn't have your quarterback. But it's been times when the Ravens ain't had that quarterback and they had to get the job done. 
We had Tyler Huntley at times and we still had to get the job done. It's a, it's a part of the game. Injuries are a part of the game, which sucks. Let me be honest with you. It sucks. Because you want to have your great players out there making plays for you, winning you football games. And when they're injured, it sucks. It really does. I mean, looking at the list of injuries that the Ravens have had, it sucks. Of course, I would have loved to have Odell Beckham on Sunday. Of course, I would have loved to have Ronnie Stanley on Sunday. Of course, I would have loved to have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, Tyus Bowser. Those type of players, we would have loved to have those players on Sunday. But guess what? You still got suited with the guys that you have, and you got to get out there, and you got to win the game. So I was proud to see that my team stepped up, and they did that. With other players, they've been doing that for the last four weeks. And we're 3-1 and one within the first quarter of the season, which is great to see. Lamar Jackson, you didn't put the cape on, and you got these boys going 3-1. and one. Now it's time to put the cape on again because we got a huge game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and things are going to get tough, even tougher, because their pass rush is even more crazier than what you've seen on Sunday. It's going to be another crazy type game. Got to do it again. Got to bring it again. Got to put the cape back on again. Hopefully we can get healthy and get some players back this week to be able to rock and roll. That's what I hope. I hope we get Ronnie Stanley back this week. Ronnie Stanley, this is a huge week. You got to stop ducking smoke, dog. Stop ducking the smoke. I need you this week. I don't need you to be out there ducking the smoke. This is a heavy week. We're playing against two two outside linebackers and High Smith and Mr. Watt where they know how to get after the quarterback. I need you to be out there. I need you to be out there. Big time. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Fala Lele. You, he does not move his feet well. He has bad feet. His feet are not quick enough. He's not athletic enough. Let's just let's put it like that. When I see Fala Lele, Fala Lele to me is a, uh, he's a run blocker. When it comes to pass blocking, that's not his expertise. And it's not his expertise because he is not athletic enough to be able to move his feet with, with the outside linebackers out here. And these, these outside linebackers are fast. They move quick. His feet are not that quick. Whereas on Ronnie Stanley, you have quicker feet. He's more athletic. He's a more athletic tackle. These, This is where I need Ronnie Stanley. Morgan Moses is a lot more athletic than Fala Lele, too. They just have quicker feet than this guy. Be honest with you. Fowl Lily might be better at guard than tackle. I mean, but I'm not the head coach. That's that coaching move. I think that with the fact that the way his how his feet are, he can play guard more better than a tackle to me. Um I have not seen him play guard. I know they tried him out at guard in practice or so. I don't know how that worked out. But far as a tackle, his feet are very slow. And you, if you pay attention and you watch, you can see that his feet are not as quick as an athletic tackle compared to you know, as an athletic tackle. He's just not. And on Sunday when he came in, he gave up sacks. He gave up pressures because they're quicker than what he is, and his feet don't move as quick. You So usually when you have foul lately and then you got a chip block, you know what I mean? You got send your back or maybe send Ricard over there to chip block to help him out because he just is not that quick with his feet. So hopefully this week we get Ronnie Stanley back 
you know, if Morgan Moses is out, you get Ronnie Stanley back, and then you can just take McCarry and slide him over to the right side. Even though McCarry struggles with that too, because but he's a lot better than Fala Lele, so I would rather see McCarry over there than Fala Lele. You know what I mean? If I had to choose, so hopefully Ronnie Stanley come back, and then you just slide Patrick McCarry to the right hand side instead of having to put Fala Lele in there. But we'll see. We'll see as the week goes on because the injury reports come out Wednesday, Thursday, and that'll kind of be telling of what you're going to have and what you're going to see. But it was a great victory to get it, go into Cleveland and win the football game 28 to 3. Defense played outstanding, played a great game. <clears throat> Offensively, I felt like there's a lot of more things that were left out there that could have been done. I felt like John Harbaugh gets in the way. I feel like that is a, huge problem and I think that the it needs to be addressed. Like sometimes you gotta get out the way and you gotta let these you gotta let you gotta let things flow better. Um, I just don't like the way he does things. But we talked about it last week where I'm just not how how John Harbaugh. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Never been a fan. I feel like certain things that he does I just don't like. But you gotta let Lamar cook. You gotta let Lamar do what he does. Cause when Lamar's out there rolling, doing his thing, he's, he balling out. So, offensively, still gotta get better. Still a lot of things that gotta work on. I mean, when I look at his office right now, it don't scare me. It don't scare me that much. And, and, and sometimes it's like, we're so much better than this offense than last year. Like, I, times I don't see it. You know what I mean? And sometimes I do see them. I'm impressed with some of the things that they do. And then sometimes it's like, man, what is that called? Like, why are we so conservative? Why are we so... It's almost like we be pushovers sometimes. Like, we just... You know what I mean? Like, where's the killer instinct? I don't see that at times with this offense. I see sometimes, Todd, you make some good calls, but then you'll turn around and do a call where it's like, that's a head scratcher. Like, why? Why do we just run that? Why are we doing this? We're up 21-3, and we're playing like we're up 50 to nothing, and we're not. Literally not. Put more points on the board. What are we doing? What's taking so long? I don't – I just (sighs) – those are the frustrating things to me. And I I can tell at the end of the game that I was frustrating Lamar too. You know what I mean? And then and at the same time too, we got to stop. I understand – when we get in the red zone, Lamar Lamar Jackson is a threat with his legs. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. Them plays like that, when it comes to the playoff time, you're not gonna be able to keep doing those those little running plays to get Lamar Jackson in the end zone like that. I get it we running it now and it's helping and it's working, but how about we have a counter to that? Some type of counter where's though the defense thinks that we're going to run that QB run with that. And somehow we run maybe a bootleg or we run like a, a nice little quick pass and pay out of that. Like we got to be able to pivot off that play. We're going to keep using that style and showing that setup. You got to be able to have a pivot off of that play to make the defense think that you're going to run that QB draw and run something else. Because after a while, it's going to get old. Yeah, he scored four times off or something like that. But now it's time to come back with something different. 
we got to give the defense something different to look at. Because these teams, they look at film, they watch film, they understand that. So, yeah, we keep running it, we keep running it, but we have to have a pl- other plays in those formations to be able to run different plays to make it look like it's going to be a run with Lamar, but we're doing something else different. And that's where Todd Monk and you need to bring out your creativity and run, and run different sets out of that, out of that formation. So those are key things that, I mean, they need to work on. So hopefully this week we're able to get more players back. Um, it was a great victory against the Browns. Um, I felt like the Ravens could win that game. Like I said, I thought it was going to be close, but you know, that was my set of playing. I was thinking Deshaun Watson was going to play in that game and he didn't. Um, with, without Deshaun Watson, the score to me, I mean, you should have blew him out at that point. So, um, I'll be back with you guys on Friday. We can get into breaking down, um, more of the Steelers. Um, Hopefully, I'll have a guest on Friday from your, from Steel Curtain. Uh, they're gonna come over uh, on Friday, and we're gonna talk about the Steelers, uh, and about the matchup. Um, maybe have a good sit down with those guys and see what they expect and what they're gonna talk about with their team. Because I know they're going through injuries over there. Because uh, Kenny Pickett got hurt, so it's looking like that. We're probably gonna be playing against Mitchell Trubisky on Sunday. Um, and probably they could probably give you some insight about how they feel about their team right now because they took a tough loss on Sunday to the Houston Texans. So, uh, stay tuned for my guest speaker on Sunday. I mean, on Friday. Uh, Mr. JB should be back with us on Friday. You know, he could give us a little breakdown of how he felt about the game on Sunday against Cleveland. Um, and then I'll also have more update information for you guys on Sunday. I'm mean, on Friday. I keep saying Sunday, man. My man is. <laughs> but I have update information for you guys on Friday about players that's out, who's who's looking like they're gonna be out. Players are looking like they're gonna be playing. Uh, if we get any key players back this week, all that information and updates, and also break down the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's Steelers week, Ravens. Let's get ready, guys. It's Steelers week. So with that being said, I'm gonna close out my show today. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to the pod. You guys showing me love. Uh, we're just going to keep going up and keep doing more and better things. Um, so you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate y'all. I catch y'all on Friday. We'll break down the Steelers because it's Steelers week, y'all. Peace out. One love and have a good night. Allah.